Hooray Run Podcast, Episode 3. I got my friend and former Hope College cross-country and track teammate Zach Zanbergen on the line, all the way from Bahrain. Yes, he's in Bahrain. He joined me to talk Nike's Breaking 2 project. If you did not know, three men are attempting to break two hours in the marathon starting tonight at 10.45 p.m. Central, 11.45 p.m. Eastern, 5.45 a.m. local time in Monza, Italy. Yes, three elite runners going for a sub-two-hour marathon. The three men are Elliot Kipchoge of Kenya, Zerzane Tedese of Eritrea, and Alyssa Sissa of Ethiopia. The world record right now is 2.02.57, and they're trying to shave off two minutes and 57 seconds. It's going to be wild. Zach joins me for a preview slash all-around talk about breaking two and the pacing that's gone into this, the science, the lead electric car, the hydration, everything. We talk breaking two. Going to try to get this episode out before the start of the race. Again, it starts tonight, Friday, 11.45 p.m. Eastern, Saturday morning local time on a Formula One track in Monza, Italy. Zach Zandbergen and I, ZZ, call him Z. We talk all things breaking to, hoping to get this out before the start of the race. If not, you can listen to it after the race. It'll still be fresh. Hooray Run Podcast Episode 3, before... We start the talk. My friend Mikey, a.k.a. Meeks Palmer on SoundCloud. Mikey, you gotta drop that beat. Joining me on the line now... Zach Zanbergen, another former Hope cross-country and track teammate. Z and I go back a ways. We love talking about ambitious world records, insane times, and just dividing them up into pace and just trying to explain to some of our non-runner friends how much effort and how much stamina and how wild these world records are. And tonight... Starting at 11.45 p.m. Eastern Time, there's going to be an attempt on a sub-two-hour marathon put on by Nike. It's called Breaking Two. Zach and I are going to get into it, dig deep, talk about the pacing, the special car, the special shoes, just how wild and, as I said, ambitious this attempt is. Zach, tell us where you are right now. Jim, I am... uh... I'm in Bahrain. Bahrain. What time is it in Bahrain? Uh, right now it is approaching 1 a.m. 1 a.m. You're staying up this late to talk breaking two with me. I really appreciate it. Tim, I would do anything for you. <laughs> that means so much, Z. Did you know there was a big Diamond League track meet in Qatar today? You know what? I was in Qatar last weekend. Were you I really? just took a weekend trip to Qatar. Um, and I didn't know it was this weekend. I, all the stuff there is set up for 2022 for the, for the, uh, what's that thing called? World cup. Oh yeah. Yeah. 2022 fast approaching. 
Yeah, soon enough. Yeah, in Doha, there was a big track meet, Diamond League. Launched season eight of the Diamond League series. How far is that from you? Uh, it's like a, it's really just like a half an hour plane ride. It Like it takes off and then they hand you some orange juice and then you land. And that's about it. Just sip a cup of OJ and then you're boom in Qatar. Not hey man, bad. you can't, can't even close your eyes for a little nap. <laughs> Well, let's see if we'll be able to close our eyes watching this sub-two-hour attempt. What time will it be there, then? Because it's 10.45 Central, 11.45 Eastern, 5.45 a.m. local time in Italy. Yeah, I got that that countdown going on my computer right now. I'm on the the live stream, and it starts in five hours and and 45 minutes. Yep. So that'd be, what, six... 6.45 6.45 a.m. for me. You going to watch it? Well, I, I'm proctoring. I have to work tomorrow, so I'm proctoring a, an SAT exam uh, or an SAT test, and so I have to get up real early and, and go and do that. So I like, I'll be working during it, but I'll try to sneak on my phone a little bit whenever I can. Yeah, I know you'll be trying to get those mile-by-mile push notifications. Yeah, you know it. Let's get into it now. So back in February of 2015, we were shooting the breeze about marathoning, how fast these elite runners go, how a 210 flat is roughly 457 per mile, and the record dwindling to 202.57 set by Dennis Cometo at Berlin in 2014. And I just remember having a car ride with you and we were just chucking the breeze just how to explain this, not in super analytical detail, but just 202.57. That's the current world record. Again, Dennis Cometo, Berlin 2014. Kenyon said it there three years ago. And you had this great quote for the early days of Hooray Run. Mm-hmm. And I just want to read it to the listeners now. I just asked you simply, what do you think of the marathon world record of 202.57? Here's how you responded. Yeah. You said, I remember when Jeffrey Mutai went 203.02 at 2011 Boston, but it didn't count because it was wind-aided. Yeah. At the time, that was the fastest marathon. And I remember seeing 203.02 and thinking, wow, that's so close to 202. And thinking, that's stupid fast. Yes, man. That's a, and you know what? I was going to say the same exact thing. I was going to say... Even just like still hearing 202 is still stupid fast. And so now that this this breaking two things going on, watching the promo videos for it and you just see, you know, they have those countdown clocks and you see 159.59, seeing a one and marathon in the same sentence to me is, is mind-blowing. You went on to say, to put it in not runner terms so people can fully understand it, like most people can't sprint that fast. I mean, I doubt the average person could run a 400, 400 meters as fast as all the elite marathoners pace. But let alone that world record is just like, I mean, that's going to stay for a while. You, you could even see you were struggling to find words. It, and then you yeah. said... There really is no words to describe it. That's what you said next. You can say it's ridiculous, it's stupid fast, it's unbelievable, 
But the fact of the matter is, until you're there to see someone run that fast for that long in person, I don't think you can fully understand just how fast that is. Or if you tried to do it, even for a little bit yourself, like go out there, set a treadmill at 442 mile pace, and then just see how long you can do that for. I mean, they're crazy. So now we're... I mean, we're two minutes and 57 seconds away from two flat, and we know that's a lifetime in the marathon. Yeah. That's, it's wild, and they're doing it in Italy, Monza, Italy, Elliot Kipchoge, Zerzane Tedesse, Lalissa DeSissa, yeah. three unbelievably quick runners. They're saying Kipchoge is the favorite to really get after two flat. Yep. Nike's put on this whole event. They're really hyping it up. There's buzz everywhere on the internet, especially in the last 24 hours and leading up to the race here in about five and a half hours is the start time. Yeah, I'm going to get into the details of it a little bit, but just are they crazy to do this? I think crazy or a, great, or a great marketing strategy by Nike, who we know is exceptional in advertising and marketing. And all that's that. exactly what I was going to say. And, and that's, my, that's why I'm kind of torn on it, and I have two split opinions on it. The yeah. runner in me thinks this is, this is awesome, and it's, it would be incredible to see uh, – it would be incredible to see just that feat even attempted – and back to the quote that I said about um, the current world record, mm-hmm. um, I think what, what I'm looking forward to is I, I said that seeing it in person, seeing someone run that fast for that long in person puts it into perspective how fast it actually is. And that's exactly what Nike is allowing sort of the world to do with this thing is to see – how fast it's actually going to be. And, and from what I understand about this whole breaking two event, they're setting it up. So it's almost turning it into returning running, which we know you and I, especially and, and all runners out there know to be a grueling mental thing. And, yeah. uh, you know, 80%, I would say 80% mental, or if not more than that, you know, the physical part, everyone can do, but the, the mental battle is, is most of it. And it's turning this whole mental, battle into a science right there there's so much science behind all of this so nike's a a genius company for for putting this on not just for the running community but for everyone to see how fast it is but at the same time so that's the runner in me that's excited for that at the same time the skeptic in me is on the other side and i i kind of roll my eyes and scoff at this marketing strategy but at the end of the day, Nike's doing it. And regardless if, if we go sub, sub two hours or if we break a world record, those shoes, with the, the Vaporflies, yep. things are going to sell like hotcakes, man. Oh, you're telling and me, the Vaporfly and, Elite. It's going to be, yeah, those shoes are going to just smoke right off the shelves. So... Nike, Nike did it, and I think if we see a, a sub two or a world record or a two oh nine, those those shoes are gonna are gonna make Nike a lot of money. Three guys going after it: Elliot Kipchoge of Kenya, 
32-year-old. Zerzane Tedese, Eritrean, 35 years old. Mm-hmm. And the youngster of the bunch, Lissa Desissa, Ethiopian, 27 years old. Z Kipchoge, I said earlier, favorite to do it. He's a got a 203.05 marathon PR from 2016 London. Zerzane Tedese is the world record holder in the half marathon, 58 mm-hmm. and change. Unbelievable, but his marathon PR is 210.41 from 2012 London. We're talking over five years ago now. I just got to believe he's there as a true... I mean, we got a team of 30 pacers involved with this, which we'll get at in a bit here. But I got to believe Tedesse with a 210 PR is not going to sniff it. And so I'm trying to think what his role in is in this Breaking 2 project. 35 years old, 21041 PR. That's, to me, that's asking... It's almost like you're trying to get a two-flat 800 runner to go after Rudisha's 140. Yeah. Yeah. Am well, I wrong he, to say? I mean, that's just like 10 minutes, 11 minutes off your marathon PR in one run, and he's, that's from 2012. I'm just wondering what Tedeschi's role is going to be in this entire spectacle. Desissa, yeah. 27 years old, Ethiopian. He is a two-time Boston Marathon champion, but his... PR in the marathon is his debut from Dubai in 2013, 204.45. Still a far, far cry from two flat. So we're looking at all the stunts and the factors going into this attempt, and we're seeing a team of 30 pacers, all Nike-sponsored. Pretty big names. I mean, the American names stick out to me. I'll read the five Americans who are going to help pacing. Legat's in there, isn't he? Legat, Bernard Legat. Yeah. Over 40, but still going to show us his chops and try to get these guys under two. That's Andrew bonkers. Bumbalow, Sam Chalanga, Chris Derrick, Lopez yep. Lamong. Big names in American distance running, and I'm just that's yep. just five of the 30 part of this breaking two pacer team. But going back to the three guys attempting it, you are on board with Kipchoge to get the closest, right? Yeah, and I think I I definitely am, and I think if you look at all the media buzz too, and all the so, especially the social media buzz, yeah, uh, most of them are only talking about Kipchoge. Mm-hmm. And I saw Let's Run did a pretty deep dive into his training uh, setting, and they went to Kenya and spent I think it was almost a week with Kipchoge, and just seeing how pretty bare living he is doing out there working out on a dirt track as we see a lot in those kenyan runner videos where there's just masses of people waking up at 6 a.m to do a crazy hard speed workout dirt track he shares a room with a fellow training mate both each in a twin bed they showed a tv it looked like a 94 vcr just tube tv probably like 16 inch tv i mean just Living a minimalist lifestyle in Kenya, which, from our understanding, that's how many of these Kenyan Ethiopian athletes live and train. Running is life. But just yeah. seeing Kipchoge, arguably the greatest marathoner of all time, living in these tight quarters, working out on a dirt track, and surpassing what we assume great money, like appearance fee money for doing 2017 London, which he passed up to do this Breaking 2 project. And I just had to think, 
what kind of money did Nike put down to lure these three guys into passing up tremendous opportunities in major marathons? Like I said, DeSissa, two-time Boston champion, could very well have tried to go for a third victory there on April 17th, but no, he's training for breaking two. And I saw a tweet that uh, David Monty shared. He, he uh, got consensus opinion of four agents and said Kipchoge will get $500,000 just for participating in breaking two. And then if he does go sub two, it's an additional one to 1.5 million. Wow. Your thoughts on these three guys passing up world marathon major races to do this breaking two. Well, my thoughts on that follow with the skeptic part of me and the whole marketing part. Um, very clearly Nike is, is compensating them well. Um, I kind of think of this as this whole stunt, the whole breaking two stunt as almost like a downhill mile or something like that, where it's set up and perfectly tailored. I mean, they picked the location in Italy specifically for, you know, the temperature, the humidity, the the you know even down to like wind speed they're even calculating into it so right we didn't even know the date of the race until about 72 hours ago right they were planning on may 6th 7th or 8th they didn't even have a set day because they were waiting for the most favorable conditions weather-wise and right. now we are set on early morning saturday local time for the race right so it's it's set up in a way where they're taking such a huge milestone, you know, that sub two, and they're turning it into uh, just like a big spectacle. And that's obviously going to generate a lot of money. So um, I think for the three, the three main dudes who are doing this, um, obviously three elite athletes who could have done great things in London many other races. I mean, this yep. entire project, I think, is a it's a three-year project, right? They've been planning this thing for quite some time. Oh, yeah, ample uh, yeah. planning for this. And so, uh, and Nike's obviously a marketing genius, too, so they're, everything's just so calculated about it that I think kudos to the three elites who are going after it and who are generating the most buzz after it. Um, but like I said, the skeptic in me is sees the big corporate power behind it and it's a bit bummed because of that but the runner in me is is will be checking those mile splits every single mile i'm curious so to see what the yeah, go ahead i'm i'm falling for i'm falling for the nike trap like they're doing it to me and i feel guilty for it because it's like big nike just just totally <laughs> manipulating my mind but hey I'm a I'm a sucker for records, and you're a sucker for that beautiful one minute trailer that they put out a couple days ago. Oh, did you see that? I yeah. got goosebumps. <laughs> I'm curious to see what the audience turnout is globally. For yeah. they're showing a live stream on Facebook, on Nike's website. I think on Twitter you can do hashtag in and keep up mile by mile. Yep, I saw Nat Geo. At least their Instagram account today had a whole Nike sponsor. There's a whole they did their Instagram story all centered around this sub two attempt. Nat Geo, that is. And more articles pouring out, just 
since this morning, Whoa. Eastern time. Yeah, and I don't know which way I'll tune in. I, I'm going to eye the, the Facebook live stream and then also see how the clarity is on, on Nike's website, but I'm definitely going to be all in. Yeah. A little more information just because, again, to take two minutes and 57 seconds, nearly three minutes <laughs> off a world record time, just one man in human history has gone sub 203, and now we're trying to get 159.59. An electric car is going to be holding a lot of in- important key information this entire race. Pace is everything, as we know. Electric car. I saw a Tesla in some... They did a test run in March. They did a half marathon attempt mm-hmm. with the Tesla leading, with a huge clock in front of the runners, working on the pacing. And this electric car, this is from Nike, it won't blast the athletes with exhaust. It will drive about six meters ahead of the pack, showing the race pace, the amount of time that has passed, and the projected marathon finish time. That's all going to be on a screen. The entire race... For the pacer pack and for the three guys attempting. Um, this is typical of most road races, says Nike, but the Breaking 2 lead car, lead car will update this info every 200 meters, whereas other races typically update these stats every kilometer or 5K. Huh. That's from Dr. Brett Kirby. He's a researcher and lead physiologist of the Nike Sport Research Lab. Yeah, so this clock is going to be critical, and the pacing formation is interesting too. I'm going to let you. Uh, I'm going to let you offer your thoughts on the pacing car and that after I read about the pacers here again. Well, I, let me yeah, cut you off. Ahead. I got a question for you. Yeah. Are Are the athletes going to be able to draft off of the pacing car? That's a key part of this, to get as minimal headwind as possible. Right. Yep. And the pacers are also, there's a triangular formation, Z, for the pacers. Okay, so that's, there's that's like this interactive graph. There's this interactive graph on Nike's website showing these dots, and it was like, they did like color-coded dots, and it was like this gif that just was on a loop, showing how the pacers are going to come in in like triangular flying V motion, blocking wind for... Kipchoge, DeSissa, and Tedesse. And um, I'm going to read more from this Nike release. It says, To break the two-hour barrier, the athletes can't afford to go a second slower than they need to. That's why a team of 30 pacers, made up of some of the world's best distance runners, will aid the runners to a sub-two-hour race finish by running to help them maintain a steady race pace and by creating a wind divergence. There you go, wind divergence. Athletes were invited to join the Pacer crew based on their running capabilities and temperament. And Dr. Brad Wilkins, physiologist and the director of Nike Explore Team Generation Research in the Nike Sport Research Lab. So we already know all the science that's going into it, clearly. Uh, He said, Dr. Wilkins said, we needed calm, steady pace runners who can run the same speed repeatedly. Um, of the 30 athletes, 18 pacers will be reserved for the lead runner, while six pacers will be reserved for the lead running group and six for the second running group. Only six pacers will be on the course at one time for the lead group, and they will run in a triangular formation. What do you got, Z? 
Well, okay, I, I, I got another question for you. Yeah, Jim. hit me. Who do you think is feeling more pressure <laughs> right now? Well, they're probably sleeping right now. You think they're sleeping? Yeah, they're sleeping. Who do you think is feeling more pressure towing that line? You think it's the Pacers who have to follow those strict rules and are the pressure's on them, really, right? Or do you think it's you know Kipchoge and and the guys who are gunning for it? I think it's on that electric car. What if that thing just <laughs> the goes bonkers like five miles into it, stops on a dime, and we get a pacer pile up, and then the three guys are just scramming, trying to get their footing. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's like a self-driving car or anything. So there could, there's definitely gonna be pressure on the the driver of the Tesla to keep up at the pace he or she is told to to drive at. But yeah, you you bring up a great question. There's more. I think more pressure is. Is on the three, the the triumvirate that's going for sub two, because as it sounds like, you're not just gonna like Chris Derrick isn't just gonna fly in and be the one pacer for two miles. He'll have a group that he'll also be pacing with. So it's like the pacers have pacers, if you know what I mean. Right. And they have a team. It's more on the three guys because, like, what if Desissa four miles in falls off the pack and it's just like we're, we're eating our popcorn cracking a coke watching this and we're just like oh my gosh we're not even 18 minutes into the race and we can already tell that DeSissa is not going to make it so right and all the focus this will go thing, on that one guy this entire thing could be a total a total flop i'm glad that they're taking so much precaution with the whole pacing thing because it could be a total flop if you get to the half marathon mark and and they're 30 seconds behind pace because yeah. of you know, one bad pacer. So it's it's good that they're doing so much to keep all the pacers accountable and keep everything as scientific as it is. The other thing that I'm thinking, Jim, mm-hmm. is I think I've had the conversation with you before back at Hope, back when we were running together. Yeah. Where, uh, I mean, you and I have run in every possible imaginable weather scenario. Like <laughs> snow, snowbeards. Uh, blazing heat. I was scrolling through my Instagram the other day and I saw a picture from like four years ago that I took of you. No, this was three, it was three years ago. I took a picture of you when you were sitting on the track and you were, had your gloves on and it must've been a freezing cold day and we were about to do a workout at the track. And then like a couple weeks later, the caption on another photo of you running was like about to melt in this heat. So, like, you and I have run in every possible imaginal, imaginable uh, weather scenario. And I think I've said to you before, Jim, I would rather run in I, – I would rather run in any sort of weather if it means I never have to run in wind ever again. I hate running in wind. I hate it. It's the worst thing to run against. And it makes so much sense to me why – they got that pace car. They got that triangle formation. They got everything to block out wind because wind can make or break a run. It you're, really can. You're spot on, especially on a track. With track, when you home stretch could be beautiful, wind at your back, flying home, but back stretch it can just hit you on that first bend, and it may even itself out. But a heavy wind can really derail any hope of a PR or your goal time for that race. You nail it right on the head, and that's why I wanted to bring up that whole triangle formation, wind divergence that Nike is going for. 
Because wind, honestly, it can ruin a day. It can ruin a year. It can ruin... We, we have multiple races in our race banks and our resumes that we can pinpoint the wind as being a super damper on the day. And For sure. I mean, we see that with sprinting too, how some PRs or records are not counted because of the wind aid and they got to do um, decimal numbers and just try to figure out, uh, okay, how much did the wind aid? So yeah, this wind, wind is huge. If you're not too into running, wind for any distance you're going at, any race, track, not track, cross country, on the trails. Trails, you might get more wind block from trees and everything else. But wind is definitely going to play a huge factor in this, and they're going to try to eliminate it at all costs. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because we're on a Formula One track here in in Italy, and it's a 2.4-kilometer loop. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be doing it 17 times. Running this loop 17 times, Z, we know the 10K on the track. It can be tough to watch at times. And then every runner afterward, for those we ran with in college, 25 laps, oh my gosh. I know Mm -hmm. it's 400 meters and it's more turns more often, but 17 laps on a Formula One track, would you get bored? I'm just hoping that they they change up the... uh the cheers every time they go around, you know, they start, start yelling different things at them to, to keep it entertaining. I, you know me and you know, my, my cheering technique on races like that, where you meet someone on the track 25 times or seven, in this case, 17 times, you got to spice it up somehow. Because if you don't, you do get bored. And if, you, if you're if you bored, you check out mentally. And if you check out mentally, there goes the race. Kip I mean, made a lot of good I, points about the mental aspect of this. And getting back to your cheering approach, you know, at least if you're in Italy as a motivator for these guys, if you were there on scene, start of the race, and you're there the entire event, at least you have more time to think of your next cheer because it's a 2.4-kilometer loop. It's not a 400-meter loop. Yeah, absolutely. You can be creative with it. You would you know? own it. I think I would. I think I should be there. I think Nike should hire me as their as their hype man. What would be your asking price? Appearance fee for Zanbergen? At least a hundred k. Well, you know, Kipchoge's getting offered five hundred thousand right off the bat, right? So yeah, just for showing up. I think I should get at least ten percent of that. <laughs> what do you think you could run a mile in the vapor flies? Right now, <laughs> oh, well, it's supposed to it's supposed to make you four percent faster, right? Yeah, four percent more efficient is what they say. Oh man, Jim, I don't know. I haven't been running lately. We won't dig too deep into that then. Let me get back to the Pacers here. More from Nike. They had like this three page release. It says each pacer will cover two laps, and as I said, each lap 2.4 kilometers. So each yeah. pacer will cover two laps. Having them run any longer than that may create pacer variation or elicit fatigue, which could make them less steady and prone to tripping. This is all from Nike. This is from the website. Mm. So each will cover two laps and then make an exchange at about 4.8 kilometers. Only three pacers will be entering or exiting the exchange zone at one time. 
The formation is complicated. It's a choreographed change, and that has to happen without us losing a second of speed. That's from Dr. Kirby. I mean, look at just the thought going into this write-up alone, not even mentioning the lead-up to this and what it took to test and prepare. But an exchange zone, is this just, <laughs> I just can't wait to watch this. Pacers flying in from left and right, Pacers dropping off, and just seeing the three guys trying to maintain the speed while you just get a wild array of Pacers running onto this Formula One track. It's going to be a sight. You know what it reminds me of? It yeah. reminds me of, have you ever seen videos of, uh, like, airplanes refueling in midair? Yeah, yeah. That's what it reminds me of. You got, you got like that one plane that keeps flying around, but then like other planes will catch up to it and refuel it and then branch off and then fly back down and then they'll keep catching. That's what that's what it reminds me of. It's just so like those three guys are just going to be moving at their pace, just keeping that same you keep hearing it over and over again. We can't afford to lose a single second. So that's being drilled into their minds that you have to go at such an even pace. Do not break this pace. And everyone else is going to be flying all around them, just catching up, setting the, setting the pace, branching off. It'll be, it will be a sight to see. What do you think Tedeschi's role, in the, role is? 210 marathoner, half marathon world record, as I said, but talking over eight years ago he ran that. Is he? Gonna, they, he's not part of the pacing team that they put out. He's he's one of the three going after it. They've trained together, haven't they? They have. So I think of it as kind of like a 2012 Galen Rupp Mo Farah kind of thing. Mm, okay. Okay. Where, or even you know, on a more on a smaller scale, like a like a me and you kind of thing. Like when you train with someone and you run with someone and you you pound the pavement or, you know, in, in their case, pound the dirt track and, and you spend so much time running with a person, talking with a person, training, disciplining, yeah. sacrificing with a person. You, when you're, when you told that line with a person, it becomes, uh, it's not just about me at this point anymore. Like I have others to, to be there with me. And there is, uh, there's been a few times where you and I have pushed each other, and I don't think I would have been able to accomplish what I did if you weren't there next to me. Mm-hmm. And there's been times where you know you you've smoked me by three minutes, and there's been times I'm not sure did I ever beat you track or yeah. cross? No, you beat me always in track. Oh, I almost got you in cross one time. Cross, we but, had a neck and neck at a conference meet, final yeah, hundred. Man. I think we actually tied, or you beat me by a second, maybe. That was close, but nonetheless, um, even even when times are different, and and in this case, with uh, you know a ten minute difference in the marathon, which is an eternity, even just towing that line with a person, looking over and seeing them next to you when you're halfway through it, gives you sort of a boost. So I think that might be his role. If I'm speculating, I don't think he's he's not gunning for the sub two, and if he and if he is, I think that's pretty unrealistic. Ten a ten minute cut is is pretty unrealistic. I wonder if he was offered 500k for appearing too. If it's equal among all three, or if they gave Kipchoge a larger chunk of the appearance fee. But to right. say, gotta hear 
I would love to see the pitch that they gave him when they first approached him with this breaking two. And hey, uh, Tedesi, we know you're a two ten marathoner, but uh, how about in a couple of years you get down to two flat and just see his reaction to that? And then if they put the money on the table, I know it's hard to resist that amount. But still, I'm curious. I'll be curious up until the start of the race why the other he thing is too, one of the chosen to try to do this. Yeah, the other thing too is that this is a, a, a huge marketing stunt. And when you put it on paper, you, you can advertise it as, you know, you have the current Olympic marathon champion and you have yep. the world record holder in the half marathon and you have a, what, two-time Boston Marathon winner. Yep, and he was runner-up one year. Yeah, all in the same uh, feet, all in the same breaking two stunt. And and you advertise that, and it, it has a lot more power to it when you have those sort of huge names standing up there. So it could be another marketing thing. We all know, know how important hydration is, especially in a distance, long-distance race like this. And each of the three guys will have personalized hydration strategies. Another thing that came up from Nike, I'm just going to read this to you. Um, Each will have a personalized race day hydration strategy that will help them offset fluid losses from sweating and maintain ideal cardiovascular performance needed to keep their record-breaking pace. At each lap, every 2.4 kilometers, a moped handoff will deliver their specific (laughs) bottles. If an athlete drops back, a table attendant will pass the fluid off to him. So each specific bottle contains a customized carbohydrate fluid mixture. There are 17 fluid bottles containing between 60 to 100 milliliters for each athlete. 12 to 14 of each of their bottles will contain a standardized drink. 3 to 5 of each athlete's batch will have a specialized mixture. And then Dr. Kirby comes in again and says, The total fluid volume in each of the special bottles is different from the others, and they will have either a higher concentration of sugar or a different type of sugar, or a sugar and caffeine combination. So even the hydration aspect of this tremendous thought put to each and every bottle that Kipchoge, DeSissa, and Tedesi will be picking up. Yeah. Hydration-wise, I think it's going to work out. I'm curious to see how the moped swivels around on the on the track and if that's actually i mean again through the testing they did one in march they got to be ready to go and i do trust nike in the spectacle that all all systems will be go when we're ready to roll 5 40 a.m italy time z what's your mile pr oh for what was it? Well, in 1500 equivalent, my fastest straight up mile, I think is like 429, something like that. But okay. like the 1500 equivalent, I think I got it down to like 424, something like that. Got it. Pace of a sub two, 159.59, 434. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you, you laugh at it. And Chris Derrick, I've mentioned him a couple times already. He's one of the American Pacers for breaking two. He he tweeted out how he's humbled to be a part of this event, historic event, what it really is. And then he he just he thought four thirty four a mile. Whoa! <laughs> just like he 
an elite runner, the level he's at, even he's thinking, oh my gosh, 434 yeah. to just, he's going to be on the track and at the event and to see it up close and personal, which I would love to do. Yeah. Derek yeah. even tweeting out, oh my gosh. I mean, we're talking about a 13.05K-er. He's got a full resume and... And th- that just shows you how how ludicrous this this idea is. I mean, I love it, but it's you you know you on paper it's insane. And even even people who even elite runners who have trained their entire this is their full time job and they've trained their entire life for this laugh at the prospect <laughs> of such an idea. And it. It just shows you how insane sub two it really is. I saw one sports scientist put an over under at two oh one thirty, which I kind of like. I think if there were betting odds and we could put some money over under two oh one thirty, we're looking at what are we looking at sixty forty five for each half marathon, sixty minutes forty five seconds. That would get you right at two oh one thirty. I'm just trying to wrap my mind around just watching the guy, if they go 60-12, they're off pace. I, I Through 13.1, I'm just trying to, I'm going to watch it all the way through, but, you know, if we're anywhere close to 61, like 60-50 something or 61-08, just throwing out numbers, uh, to negative split off of 61 is, some scientists have called it near humanly impossible. In that's why the pacing is so important, as Nike has said in their releases. And do you think – so they've been so detailed with the pacing, the triangle formation, the hydration, the exchange of, of pacers, You know, everything is so detailed. Do you think that Nike has created like a worst-case scenario, what happens if they are you – know, I, I bet you they have like a setup where like if they are – if they are 10 seconds off the pace at the halfway mark, then what do they do? You know, do they try attempt a negative split? Do they just call it? Do they just run it out? Because we, the audience, when we see that they are, you know, a, a, a really worst case scenario is that they're a minute 30 off the pace, like something disastrous goes wrong. Do they call it halfway through and just let the entire running community down? <laughs> I'm scared, Z. I am. I'm. I have a scared side of me and a super excited side of me. I'm scared that in the first five miles, even the first five k, their five k average Z has to be fourteen thirteen. What if we're fourteen eighteen through five k? I'm. That's not even. That's not terrible. Like worst case scenarios, we can go all different directions with that because a lot of things could go wrong in this. I'm just scared yeah. that. Early on, I mean, well before 13.1, halfway, it's just going to be a dud. And it's just, and it's weird for me to say this. If they go under 202.57, which let's really hope that happens. But what if it's Kipchoge crosses the line 202.21? And we're just kind of like, that was fun, but they didn't break two, but it was still 36 seconds faster than any human has run a marathon. Right. It, it's a, it's a gamble. It's, it's super courageous. It's odd. There's a lot of audacity in this. And if we're looking at 
I mean, even if we're in the 201s, we're kind of disappointed. <laughs> and and that's why it's so weird to me too. This entire thing, and when when I've been I've been reading about it, and as I read about it, I just have this. I feel the same way as you, man. I'm scared and I'm excited, and you have all these emotions going into it. And I can't imagine what they're feeling going into it. But it, it's so weird to me that you have. Um, there's so much science behind this and there everything has been quantified and there's numbers for everything like the liquid even the liquid in their cups is down to an exact measurement so you have all these numbers and it's broken down into the scientific black and white this is this is what's going to happen kind of thing but you and i and every runner who's ever run any race knows that running is not a science. It's a it's a it's a mental thing when you boil it down to it. It's there's so many things that can go wrong. And you as a runner need to be ready for those things whenever it happens. Because you can prepare, you can train, you can eat right, you can get enough sleep, you can check all the boxes to become a good runner. But at the end of the day, if you are not mentally there and if if you are not ready to expect the unexpected then good luck you're not you're not going to be able to do anything would you like having that huge clock in front of you the entire time now i know the guys running going after the sub two are used to major marathon racing and there is a clock really kind of anywhere you want to look there is a lead cart and i'm sure kipchoge is used to seeing his time really at every second of his marathoning of his race attempts would you like having that clock and having the pace and, hey, we're eight seconds off? I, I really think that would get in my head. And that's just coming from me, a guy who ditched a GPS watch sophomore, junior year of college because I just got too infatuated with mile pace and the beeps and seeing my pace and how many calories I burned. I just, I would almost go insane if I had that right in front of me looking me dead in the eye. I think uh, when you have that goal of that sub two and you have that number embedded in your mind and that's what you're aiming for, that clock will be a, a, a blessing, something that I think they'll embrace and really like having in front of them because it's that constant reminder of what they're doing. Um, what I think would be really cool is if they had a countdown too, you know, like if they set the Ooh. clock at two. And then, and then, right when the gun goes off, you have like the count up that's on the car, but then the audience audience gets to see like the countdown. So it's like a, a literal race against the clock too. I think that would be cool. But I think when you're an elite runner like that, and you have that goal in your mind, and you that clock is in front of you, it's a constant reminder of what you're actually doing. Now, if I saw that clock in front of me, and I was trying, you know, I would never in a million years be able to break sub too. But <laughs> I had a I had a goal. If I had a goal to do something and I had a clock staring me down the whole time, there's no way that I'd be able to do it. I'd get so intimidated by that thing, especially because it's like blown up super big too. It's like the numbers are in your face. Oh yeah. So yeah, no, I would, I would panic. I would, it would cripple me, but I think these guys will embrace it. Hey, if we slapped a pair of vapor fly elites on you, Z, I bet you could sniff two hours. Yo, I could do anything in those shoes. Apparently, that's what Nike's telling me, man. I could, I might actually be able to fly in those shoes. Your percent chance that this happens—that we see 
159, 59 or faster on the clock. Give me a percentage. What's your gut telling you? 5% chance it happens? 15, 25? Are you going anywhere above 30% chance? I'm going to be honest, Jim. I'm going to put this at like a like 5% is generous, I think. Okay. Um, when I was reading, I saw a couple articles from um, this one guy in particular. I wrote it down. This John Brewer guy who's a, a doctor at some university. Um, probably is super, super smart, I'm assuming. Um, he put it at a 20% chance. And when I read that, I like scoffed. And I said, that's, that's pretty generous. Um, and I, I was skeptical of it because I thought the first thing that came to my mind is like, all right, John, have you ever run, have you ever run before in your life? Do you understand how hard of a task this is going to be? Um, but I, I think 20% is very, very, very generous. I think 5% is generous. I just think it's too much too soon. It's yeah. You're trying to break, you're trying to take three minutes off of a world record and Rome wasn't built in a day. You look at the progression of the of the record, how fast it's gone down. It's an exponentially. What would that be? What kind of a what kind of a line is that, Jim? You know, the one where it goes really steep at first and and then and then levels off towards the bottom. I'm an English major, Jim. I'm not a math major. You know, I didn't major in mathematics. <laughs> I don't deal with lines. Yeah, well, you know, horizontal you, and vertical. You gotta throw me a bone here, Jim. You're not my dog. <laughs> but uh, I just I just think it's too much too soon. You're taking three minutes off, and it, I think in – I hope in our lifetime we'll be able to see a sub two, but I don't think it's this race. It's like asking me to make the USA Olympic team in golfing. If you give me, <laughs> if you give me eight to 12 months, if you've never seen me golf – I'm not talking mini golf. I'm talking regular – <laughs> regular 18 hole golf it's like it's like nike approaching me hey hey jimmer give you 400k to show up at this event and uh we're gonna make you an olympian by 2020 even 20 it's i just think it's so it's such a far cry and i've mm-hmm. i said that earlier on the pod and i'm gonna say it again but what a cool project even though i am scared and i'm excited it goes off again. We're recording this around five five thirty p.m. Central Time. Race is set to go off eleven forty five p.m. Eastern Time. Early in the morning in Italy and around where you are, Z Bahrain. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go Kipchoge first. Decisa second. Did I say DNF? Dude, that's exactly what I was going to say. No way. I was going to I was going to say what I thought right after you and that's exactly what I was going to say. I was uh, DNF, no doubt, man. You can you can make this as optimal conditions-wise, fluids-wise, pacing-wise, everything we've talked about. But you just can't control What if Desissa 12 miles in has a stomach problem? We saw it with Tiranesh Dababa in the London Marathon, just April 23rd, she, around 30, 35, 39K, just had to stop for a second, grab her stomach, she just had stomach issues. Like, what if that happens to one of the three guys 
I know it's just three of them attempting it, but you just can't control factors like that. And if that of, happens, if that happens, do you think they're going to continue to make them drink the seventeen cups? Like, let's you say, have let's to do say, this, like robotic. Like, you have to yeah, stay just, on schedule. He gets like this massive stomach cramp, and he comes around again to the hydration, and, and there's Nike, like big bad Nike, like drink your fluids, Dissa, drink it. And he's like, no, 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 please don't. I can't. <laughs> the the pacing team we have we have one Australian, we have four Eritreans, Eritrea. That's where Tedesi's from. Mm-hmm. We have five Ethiopians. That's where Desis is from. We have mm-hmm. a slew of Kenyans, as mm-hmm. you'd expect in a ambitious marathon project. East yeah. Africans are going to be a plenty. We have five. Looks like 11 Kenyans out of the 30. One Russian, one from Switzerland, one from Turkey, and then the five Americans. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> the flying V formations, the triangle, it's all going to be a must watch, really. Tune in if you can. We're reco- I don't know if we'll get this podcast out before the gun goes off. It'll... Might go out tomorrow morning, a little belated, but we I just had to do some sort of preview, and I wanted you on here, Z. 434 is the the mile pace they need. In in your Zach Zanbergen terms, I know you tried to you tried to explain it in simple terms in that quote I read from you earlier about Cometo's 202.57. Just try to, if you can find the words, give the listeners an idea of what 434 mile pace is for 26.2 miles. I want to stray away from the language that I used before of stupid fast. But honestly, Jim, stupid fast is, is the perfect way to describe how fast 434 is. I have run 434 in my lifetime a handful of times. In my lifetime. (laughs) And they're about to run 434 a handful of times and then some in one sitting. And it's just, it's thinking about that it's hurts. faster than 69 seconds per 400. Oh my gosh, man. That's that's ridiculous. Between and 68 and 69 for 400. Each 400 meters. Go out on the track. I, give me a 34-second 200-meter dash. Tell me how you're feeling. And then I say, okay, now we got to work on making that two straight 34s, 68. And oh, by the way... <laughs> trying to do the math in my head 26 times four give me give me 104 of those straight give me me roughly 104 straight 68 second 400s (laughs) i just would i would like to see everybody on on every able-bodied man woman and child on earth set a treadmill yep at at 13.1 miles per hour and then just attempt to run that and then see how long it takes for 
the slew of bodies to fly off the end of the treadmill. <laughs> Can we have this take place on a Formula One track in Monza, Italy? Or did you say Wait. treadmill? I said treadmill. Okay. You trying to collect everybody on Earth to just try the same? Could you imagine that, man? Hey, everyone. Get after it. Hey, everyone. And Nike gives everyone $1,000. Yo, I'll take that. Nike breaking two. That's what they're calling it. Breaking two. Three guys. The Kenyan, Elliot Kipchoge, 32 years old. The Eritrean, Zerzane Tedese, 35 years old. World record holder in the half marathon. And Lalissa Desissa, 27 years old, from Ethiopia. Two-time Boston winner, 204-45 marathoner. Those three, Kipchoge, Tedese, Desissa, part of breaking two. Going for a sub-two-hour marathon, Monza, Italy, Formula One track, pacers, hydration. What else we got? I don't Huge know what time clock. Pacers, hydration. Oh, Siri's talking to me. Siri! Siri wants to join the conversation. <laughs> I should ask her what her thoughts are on, or what are the chances of a human breaking two hours in the marathon. But that's what three men are going to get after in about... Five hours now. Is that right? Five hours. We're looking for the gun to go off for breaking two. What an ambitious ambitious project put on by Nike. So glad to have my friend, former teammate, Hope College, cross-country and track, Zach Sandbergen, on the line to preview this crazy project. Z, any parting words, anything more you want to say about a 434-mile pace for 26.2 Anything about breaking two, Nike's project, hit me now. All I got to say is, Nike, give me a pair of those vapor flies. I'll lace them up. I'll tow the line. And I will disappoint you. But hopefully that doesn't happen tomorrow. One One more question. I just remembered this tweet I saw going around by Sidious Mag, they were asking tweeters, followers, to give them the how far could you run keeping up with Kipchoge, Tedesse, and Desissa? How far would you make it in this attempt? And people were given 400 meters. I could go, people were getting technical, you know, 2.7 kilometers. I could Mm -hmm. make it 2 miles, 1.3 800 meters. What do you think you could do right now, Z? I think you put a gun to my head. Yep. And you you made me run as fast as I physically can for as long as I physically can. I'm going to say tops right now in a pair of vapor flies. Yeah, you're in vapor flies. With the flying V formation. And everyone around me is chanting the one my name, and also the D three Mighty Ducks quack 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 flying V. I go one point one miles. You're four percent more efficient, as we're told. That's right. I believe it. One point one. 
So you're saying you could... Mm, each lap is 2.4K. You got to make it at least a lap. Come on. I don't know, man. I don't... You know what? For the for the hooray run listeners, I can make it a lap. Boom, baby. That's right. Breaking two. 10.45 p.m. Central, 11.45 p.m. Eastern, 5.45 a.m. local time, Monza, Italy. Zach, it was a joy to have you on. Love shooting run and breeze with you, talking world record attempts, talking stupid fast humans. Thank you, Z, for having taking the time, and it's almost probably past 1 a.m. now in Bahrain. It's almost 2 a.m. for me, Jim, but I would uh, I would have this conversation a million times with you, Jim. I love shooting the breeze with you. That so means thanks a lot, Z. I hope to have you on the pod again. This was fun. I hope so, too. Thanks for having me on. I, I loved it. All right, Z. Take care. All right, man. Thanks again for listening to Hooray Run Podcast, Episode 3. Much appreciation to Zach Zanbergen there for joining me all the way from Bahrain, it was approaching 2 a.m. his time. Thank you so much, Z, for talking breaking two with me. Hooray Run Facebook page on Twitter at hooray underscore run, hoorayrun.com, hooray run podcast on iTunes, the podcast app on your phone, it's on SoundCloud. Episode four hopefully will include a recap of breaking two and what went down in Monza, Italy. Episode three with Z. It's free. And Mikey with the beats. <laughs>